Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus Thursday episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. That's right, all 365 days per year and all 366 days per leap year. And thank you again for joining us for another installment of Another Christmas Story a few days later than usual. There were some last-minute adjustments to the schedule. Holly from Netflixmas wasn't able to record this chapter, which is totally fine. And I was hoping to get somebody else to step in, but because it was such a last-minute ask, I couldn't find anyone, so I just decided to read it myself. So this week's chapter, chapter 42, will be read to you by yours truly. So, sorry in advance, although there are no real accents I have to do this time around, so you're welcome. But this, yeah, this is the second-to-last time you'll get to hear me read a chapter of my own book, because... Not next week, but the week after, I will be reading my final chapter. And then Tom, Nicole, Little, and Julia will be taking us out with the final three installments. So, having said all that, that takes care of all of my beginning of the episode housekeeping for y'all. So let's just dive right into chapter 42 of our tale, entitled, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Enjoy! Chapter 42. It's the most wonderful time of the year. December 25th, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I don't like it. Noah Clark threw up his hands in frustration as he leaned back in his chair and squeezed his eyes shut tight. Elizabeth Meyer, meanwhile, leaned forward in her chair to stare at the two computer monitors situated on the desk in front of them, which are now displaying blank, black screens. Moving the cursor via the keyboard in front of her, she hit the back button to instantly rewind the footage. The two college lovebirds were sitting alone in the editing bay of the empty downtown building that housed the journalism facilities for New York University. Their immediate workspace was strewn with empty coffee cups and half-empty Chinese food containers, out of the top of which chopsticks were still protruding. Through the one window positioned at the far end of the room, the lights in the building across the street twinkled like little pinpricks in the dark night sky, visible through the falling snow. Though they had gotten back to the building around 6pm, here they were, just after midnight on Christmas morning, still sitting there, and it was because of this fact that Noah was at his wit's end, because it still appeared as though his girlfriend wasn't planning on leaving anytime soon. 
Rubbing a hand over his weary face, Noah asked through gritted teeth, What don't you like about it now? I mean, he let out a humorless laugh. This is our fifth, and if you don't mind me saying, best edit. I don't know how many times or in how many more combinations we can rearrange the footage. Ignoring her boyfriend, Elizabeth hit the play button on the computer in order to watch the completely edited segment studiously yet again, a notebook and a pen poised in front of her to take notes as she did so. It started off with establishing shots of Manhattan, underscored with Andy Williams' classic Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. The Empire State Building, its top lit up in red and green, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree and the ice skating rink beneath it, crowded with people, a far shot of the same world-famous tree staring down past a life-sized manger at the end of the Chanel Gardens, flanked by wire-sculpted angels, lit up with fairy lights, people hurrying through Times Square, past Salvation Army Santas, doing their best not to slip on the icy ground as they carried last-minute Christmas shopping. A horse-drawn carriage clopping down a path in a snowy, picturesque Central Park. Washington Square Arch straddling a Christmas tree of its own. Radio City's neon lights glowing on either side of its electric Christmas tree, changing from red to gold every few seconds, high above a line of people stretching around the block, waiting to be let into the music hall to see the Christmas spectacular. A shot of the giant red Christmas baubles outside of 1251 6th Avenue, followed by an image of the toy train of Rockefeller Center Station parked at 1271 6th Avenue, quickly followed by footage of the enormous multicolored lights on the ground in front of the McGraw-Hill building between 48th and 49th Street. The Christmas trees encircling the Pulitzer Fountain outside of the Plaza Hotel, which had lighted garlands strung up beneath the international flags flapping in the wind above its front entrance. A line of people stretching around the corner of F.A.O. Schwartz, its front doors flanked by employees, dressed as toy soldiers, and an enormous sculpted teddy bear to the left of it, holding building blocks displaying the letters F.A. and O. The Carter Building, wrapped in a large red bow, the facade of Saks Fifth Avenue, which is flashing brightly with its annual light show. The stone lions, patience and fortitude, guarding the New York Public Library, wearing enormous Christmas wreaths around their necks. A crowded Bryant Park Christmas market. The entire Hemsley building lit up in red and green. A shot of Grand Central Station's centennial holiday light show. The UNICEF snowflake twinkling high above Fifth Avenue. And, of course, the enormous lit-up Believe sign hanging across the front of Macy's Herald Square, directly above a festive-looking Snoopy and Woodstock sitting above the department store's main entrance. The montage of shots was extremely effective at conveying a sense of festive joy, especially with the Christmas music playing beneath it, its volume loud enough to just be heard without drowning out Elizabeth's voice, which also played over the images. New York City, the city that never sleeps, the center of the world. On any given day, the millions of people who flood in and out of it have a multitude of different stories to tell. And today, Christmas Eve is no exception. Noah listened to Elizabeth's voice speaking about the impossible to kill New York spirit over the Christmassy images flashing across the screen and couldn't help but smirk wryly to himself. Though he had inwardly, and at times, outwardly, complained the entire day about the fact that his girlfriend was dragging him around the entire island in the godforsaken snowstorm to get so many establishing shots of the city, he had to admit that Elizabeth had been right, 
as she usually was. It wasn't too much after all, and it set the tone of the entire piece right from the jump. So we decided to talk to a few of them who had the courage to venture out into the elements today to celebrate Christmas the only way that they know how. It was at this point that the segment transitioned to footage of Times Square, where Elizabeth was talking to the Salvation Army Santa Claus about why he did what he did, before briefly talking to the Midwestern family with their two young children that had run up to speak with the big man in red. From here, the footage segged into another montage, this time of different individuals and families that Elizabeth had interviewed throughout the day, standing in front of different New York Christmas-related landmarks. Instead of actually hearing any audio from these individual interviews, however, a voiceover from Elizabeth overlaid the tableau. Like Julia and Tom, most people we spoke to today, whether residents or tourists, weren't going to let a little snow stop them from seeing the city's holiday sights doing what they needed to do, or going where they needed to go. And like young Jude and Ellie, every child we talked to today expressed eagerness for Santa to visit tonight. However, not everyone was happy with Santa Claus today, particularly Manhattan's most famous Santa, who allows children to visit with him in the city's most famous department store. The footage then transitioned to a wide shot of Macy's Herald Square before cutting to the school officials from Florida, Philippe Rodriguez and Patricia Warren, standing on the sidewalk outside of it, just to the left of the enormous Greyhound bus parked on the curb. After the part of the interview in which they explained why they're in town on a field trip on Christmas Eve, the explanation of which was interspersed with video footage of the Radio City Rockettes dancing during the Christmas Spectacular, footage that Noah had pulled from the internet, Trisha Warren relayed the story of what happened inside of Macy's Santa's Grotto, expressing her frustration at the inappropriate act her students had witnessed Santa engaging in with a pregnant woman. Over a close-up shot of the glowing Believe sign affixed to the department store's facade, Elizabeth spoke again via voiceover. When we reached out to Macy's for comment, they expressed their sincerest apologies to the Tampa Palms teachers and students, but reiterated to us that they were extremely generous in paying for the photos of all of the kids with Santa, and that they stand by the big man in red and have complete confidence in him, as they do all of their employees, even going so far as to stress the point to us that Santa was forced upon by the pregnant female shopper in question, and broke off the kiss as soon as he possibly could. The video transitioned to an image of a stationary cop car parked alongside the 5th Avenue entrance of Central Park as the woman's voiceover continued. And while Macy's was eager and willing to comment on this story of a mommy-to-be kissing Santa Claus, unfortunately neither city officials nor the NYPD wanted to issue a comment on our next story. It was at this point that the video cut to Elizabeth standing beside officers Seamus Dwyer and Andrew Lee and played her interview with the two middle-aged men in its entirety. Watching it back, the woman marveled at how candidly the two policemen vented their frustrations at how the city was run and how their jobs were being made harder due to decisions being made at the highest levels of government. She felt slightly guilty listening to them speak, and inwardly hoped that there would be no repercussions for the two of them when they found out that Noah had reached out to both the police commissioners and the mayor's offices for comments. All she wanted to do was land a scoop and not get anybody fired. 
When the interview concluded, the video footage cut to a distant shot of President Williams, Prime Minister Dubois, and Prime Minister Richardson emerging from Radio City Music Hall, over which Elizabeth said via voiceover, Surprisingly, members of the NYPD weren't the only people willing to give me a candid interview today. All of a sudden, the footage transitioned to Elizabeth's golden jewel, her interview with the president and the two foreign leaders. As she watched it back for the umpteenth time, she couldn't believe her luck that she had managed to not only score a few minutes to talk to the most powerful woman in the world, but also ask her about escalating tensions between the West and the East. The United States has had a policy of peace through strength for many years now. Elizabeth mouthed the words of President Williams as she watched the woman speak them on the television screen. And if we just ceased that policy, I think it would create a lot more problems that would make peace even farther from being achieved. While it was clear from the video footage that the commander-in-chief had been taken aback by the question, Elizabeth admired the woman's poise and the fact that she was able to come up with an answer so quickly on the spot. And now Elizabeth was standing alone on the computer screen, directly in front of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree looming high above her as she addressed the camera directly. And while President Williams believes this world can get to a point where there is peace on earth and goodwill toward men, Thinking about the strength our nation might need to use to achieve it is quite worrying, especially with our long-standing Cold Wars looking as though they might be turning hot very soon. But, as it's the holiday season, perhaps it's best we pray for a Christmas miracle that we don't need to use physical strength to achieve peace on this planet. So, from all of us here at NYU, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. To play you out, please enjoy this footage of one city official, Hudson Jackson, sacrificing his Christmas Eve to help the four-legged residents of Manhattan. It was at this point that 30 seconds worth of footage of Hudson Jackson, the gloomy animal control employee, chasing the fat tabby cat that Elizabeth and Noah had spotted up in the high branches of the Washington Square Park Christmas tree, across a snowy park and onto the icy surface of a small fountain, on which he kept slipping, sliding, and falling, played. Underscoring the footage was Tchaikovsky's Op 71, 13DD Trepak Russian Dance, Tempo di Trepak Molto Vivace, from the Nutcracker Ballet, a song that Elizabeth had chosen in order to make the footage come across as even more slapstick than it already appeared. The screen then faded to a black title card that bore a sprig of animated holly in all four corners and contained the words, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, in white text. This title card remained on the screen for about five seconds before it faded to black completely, signaling the end of the 10-minute video segment that Elizabeth and Noah had been busy editing and re-editing for hours. I love it, Noah remarked the moment that the video came to its conclusion. Leaning back in his chair so that it tipped back onto its hind legs, he glanced at Elizabeth, who was staring at the blank black screens with a forlorn look on her face. I think it's great. Well, I don't. Elizabeth impatiently drummed her fingers on the computer desk in front of her. When Noah allowed his chair to crash back onto all four legs with a loud groan of frustration, she rolled her eyes. The edit itself is fine. She patted one of her boyfriend's large biceps consolingly, genuinely grateful for his camera work and his keen eye for structuring edits. I really do love this cut, but you should, since you requested it be done this way, Noah grumbled pointedly. Ignoring the interruption, Elizabeth pressed on. But I feel like it's missing something, you know? 
What could it possibly be missing? Noah demanded. Huh? We have hours of footage. You have the fluff. You have the serious stuff. You interviewed the freaking President of the United States. What the hell could you possibly think is missing? Elizabeth shrugged half-heartedly as she searched around for the right description. True Christmas heart? Noah let out a deep belly laugh at the response. He couldn't help it, even though he knew, even before Elizabeth shot him an outraged look, that it would piss her off. What the hell does that even mean, he asked, when he finally managed to catch his breath. Liz, we have countless Christmas fluff pieces that we didn't include in this final edit. If you think the piece needs more, let's add another one to it. Elizabeth shook her head. I don't think any of that would work. I'm looking for something more... She searched around for the perfect words to describe what she was looking for. I'm looking for something a little more hopeful. Something a little more uplifting to end the segment with that I can squeeze in between my interview with Williams and the stuff with the cat. You know this thing has to go live on the website soon, right? Noah asked as he pulled his home from his pocket to check the time. It's past midnight. It's Christmas morning, Liz. I'm aware. Elizabeth stood up and glanced out the window thoughtfully. But I'm okay with it going live a little bit later in order to make it perfect. Come on, she turned back to her boyfriend. Let's get back out there and find one more story to cap the whole piece off with. Liz, Noah began hesitantly. What? I'm not going back out there. Why not? Elizabeth demanded. Because I am exhausted, Noah replied, a hint of anger in his voice now. Plus, it's Christmas. He stood up quickly to gently take his girlfriend's hands in his own. Let's just publish the edit we have and start heading to your parents' place. Not until I find one more hopeful story to include in this segment, Elizabeth insisted, ripping her hands from Noah's. Also, she continued, jabbing her index finger hard into the man's chest, that's strike three. You've done nothing but complain all day, so I'm sorry, but she shrugged before crossing her arms across her chest like a petulant child. No bringing the video camera home. You're joking, Noah began, the corners of his mouth turning upward slightly. When it became clear that the woman wasn't, however, he became annoyed. I busted my ass all day for you. I lugged that heavy camera around everywhere. He indicated the piece of equipment in question, perched on the corner of the desk they had been sitting at. All in the middle of a blizzard, the night before a major holiday. Basically, you said jump, and I asked how high, and you're annoyed that I dared to voice my complaints a few times? It was more than a few times, Noah, Elizabeth pointed out. Even when you didn't say anything directly to me, your frustration was written all over your face. She then rearranged her own face into an ugly pout in imitation of him, at which Noah had to do his best to choke back a laugh in order to show how angry she was making him. I can't help what my face looks like, Liz. Brushing his point aside, Elizabeth chose a different tact with which to attack him. I know this is just a stupid school website, but every little bit I do is helping me build both my experience and my portfolio for a potential career in television journalism. A dream career, which, judging from your complaining, you don't seem to care about nearly as much as you care about bringing the camera home to videotape us in the bedroom. 
I don't care about your dream career, Noah repeated in disbelief, bristling with annoyance. Why else would I have let you drag me around all day, huh? Why would I have let you know when I found out the specific location the president would be at a specific time, despite knowing that I'd lose a bet with you? Also, it's not just your dream to become a television journalist. Why the hell do you think I chose it as my major, too? And here I was thinking that one day we'd become one of those iconic partnerships that future journalists would look up to, the modern-day Woodward and Bernstein of cable news, but I guess that was stupid of me, huh? Because in true Elizabeth fashion, you've only been thinking about yourself. You've been so desperate to prove that you're as good as your siblings, you haven't realized you've turned into a selfish bitch on your quest to do so. Elizabeth's mouth dropped open, aghast, as she stumbled backwards slightly, feeling as though she had been slapped in the face. Well, if that's the way you feel, don't come with me to find one last story, then. Trust me, I wasn't planning on it, Noah snapped. I already did enough for you today. Well, good! Elizabeth grabbed the heavy camera off of the desk, feeling as though she were about to cry. Determined not to show her weakness in front of her boyfriend, nor give him the satisfaction, however, she clenched her teeth firmly and did her best to concentrate on the deliberate movements of her body as she lifted the heavy piece of equipment down into the empty, carrying bag on the floor. But for the record, it's not just my name that's going to be on this segment, it's yours too, she continued. For somebody who's dreaming about a career of their own in television journalism, you don't seem to care about making sure this piece is perfect. First of all, it already is, Noah replied with a roll of his eyes. Second of all, I didn't sign myself out to put something together for the website tonight. You did. You forced my hand. And third, it's for a student website that doesn't get much traffic outside of people of the school. Hell, it doesn't get much traffic within the school. He let out a humorous laugh. It's not like I'm shooting the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Next time, sign me up for Easter, not Christmas Eve. Next time, ha! Elizabeth rummaged through the camera bag to make sure that the microphone and the extra batteries were still inside of it. As if there's going to be a next time. What are you talking about? Elizabeth straightened up, slinging the heavy camera bag over her shoulder with such force that she nearly overbalanced. Then, while staring directly at her boyfriend, she suggested, Maybe you shouldn't come home with me for Christmas this year. Noah blinked in surprise. Are you serious? Elizabeth shrugged as much as she could while having her tiny frame weighed down by the equipment over her shoulder. I just think that maybe we need to... take a break. Like Ross and Rachel? See what I mean? You can't even take this seriously. Elizabeth pointed out before continuing, Clearly you don't think I appreciate you enough, and I don't think you take my career aspirations seriously enough, so... She threw up her hands, choking back tears. Maybe we just need to take time for ourselves and figure out what we each want individually for the future. Noah couldn't believe what he was hearing, and he knew just from looking at his girlfriend's trembling frame and her eyes welling up with tears that she couldn't believe what she was saying, either. But not wanting to be the one to give in when he felt it was she who was being ridiculous, he muttered, Fine. If that's how you feel. It is, Elizabeth insisted. Then, taking a deep, shuddering breath, she said, I'll just tell my parents something came up and you had to go home for the holidays. When her boyfriend nodded gloomily without countering her suggestion, she finished by saying quietly, Merry Christmas, Noah. Merry Christmas, Lizzie. 
Elizabeth turned on her heel and quickly made her way for the door of the room, at which she paused for the briefest moments before slowly turning to face the man again. And Noah? Yeah? Thank you. For helping me today. Noah was taken aback by the woman's sudden gratitude, but before he could formulate a response, he watched as she turned around once more and hurried from the room. And it was only on her way downstairs through the dark building that Elizabeth finally allowed the tears to splash down her face. The moment that Noah was left alone, he kicked the desk in front of him out of frustration, letting out a torrent of swear words as he did so. This was not supposed to be how the day was supposed to go. They were supposed to spend half a day shooting footage, quickly edit it together for the school website, then make it to the home of Elizabeth's parents in time for Christmas Eve. Then, just before bed, or early the next morning on Christmas Day, he, Noah, was supposed to be ask her to move in with him in the new year. He hadn't told anybody he was planning on doing it. Not his family, not his friends, and he certainly hadn't hinted to Elizabeth that it was his intention. He wanted it to be a surprise, but he felt he was ready to take the next step with her and had an inkling that she was too. Apparently, however, their relationship wasn't as strong as he thought it was. Otherwise, why did she storm off on him and suggest taking a break? Depressed, Noah sat down and began to replay the edited-together video footage, which made him angrier with each second that passed. How the hell could Elizabeth think he didn't care about her career aspirations? And, more importantly, how could she possibly think that he didn't believe in her? He had spent all day outside on Christmas Eve in the middle of a snowstorm, all for her, for Christ's sake, just to help her get the footage that she desired. But no, for some reason she couldn't see how selfless he had actually been that day, and had instead stormed off on her own into the night to find one more hopeful story that may or may not even exist. Meanwhile, it was officially Christmas Day. If she didn't get her edited footage up onto the website soon, she risked not only losing all the extra credit she would receive for doing it in the first place, but also the extra credit he would receive. Bristling with annoyance that she'd risk lowering his grade in addition to her own, Noah decided that he wasn't going to let that happen. So, before he could talk himself out of it, he signed into the administrative section of the student streaming service on one of the monitors on the desk in front of him, and uploaded the final 10-minute edit of the video that the two of them had put together, setting it up to play on an endless loop for the next week. Within moments, it was live, and Noah smirked at himself despite feeling as though his stomach had dropped out from beneath him. He knew that Elizabeth wouldn't be happy with what he just did. There was no taking it back now. Once something was live on the website, as a general rule of thumb, their professors didn't like for it to be deleted. In fact, in order to remove it, one of them had to sign in and do it themselves. It was supposed to be a learning tool, a policy that was supposed to help turn students into perfectionists, so that they were absolutely sure their work was good to go before making it public. And if there was one thing that Elizabeth was, it was a perfectionist. It didn't matter how good the video already was, if it wasn't perfect in her eyes, even if she got top marks for it, she would view herself as a failure. One of the woman's deep-rooted flaws was her lack of self-confidence, and it was because of this that she had such lofty aspirations and was so obsessive over her work. And now, due to a brief moment of anger on his part, Noah knew he was going to make her self-confidence take a bruising hit because she didn't give their video her stamp of approval before uploading it. Feeling enormously guilty, Noah grabbed his coat and hurried out of the editing bay. As he hurried down the stairs of the empty building, he felt a fierce determination build up within him to make things right with Elizabeth. He loved her, and he wanted to support her. He should have been more attuned to her personal feelings throughout the day. It was his fault, not hers, and he had to make it right. 
Pulling his phone from his pocket as he exited the building and emerged onto the snowy New York street, Noah called Elizabeth and was dismayed when he was sent right to voicemail. Leaving a message, he said, Liz, it's me. Look, I'm... I'm sorry about earlier, okay? I really am. Call me back. I want to make things right. Then, pausing in the middle of the empty sidewalk, Noah allowed himself a moment to close his eyes and deeply breathe in the cool winter air, thinking. Elizabeth wanted to get a good, hopeful, Christmas-related story. He wasn't sure where in Manhattan she could find one so last minute, but he had a good idea about where to start. So, after checking to make sure there were no taxis in the immediate vicinity, hell, there were barely any cars on the street at all anymore, even parked, Noah turned and began to jog uptown as fast as he could in the direction of St. Patrick's Cathedral. I hope you all enjoy that chapter of another Christmas story. I know I don't do the readings or the voices as well as so many of our talented readers, but I did do my best. And as I was reading that, I found myself once again in awe of everyone who has preceded me in reading these chapters and how well they do, just as I am constantly in awe of all of you listeners for taking this journey with us all year round, and sticking with us this long to find out where this story goes. I mean, we only have, at this point, five installments left, so we are that close to the end, which is crazy in my mind. Coordinating all of this and putting this all together has really helped this year fly by for me, even faster than it normally does, and that's always a good thing because it helps us get to that most wonderful time of the year faster. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know, and I've received some wonderful comments and feedback from all of y'all, so please keep all that coming, and please, if you're enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds, while tagging streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Hallmark, HBO Max, because you never know. The goal is to get this in front of as many ears as possible in the hopes that this could be published one day or turned into a miniseries or a movie series one day. And if not to get it in front of as many ears as possible, then the secondary goal is to get it in front of as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisapodcast.com. And if you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or a television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All we have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisthepodcast.com forward slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round, but it's even busier now that we are officially in that most wonderful time of the year, filled with Christmas chatter. It's also become a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts you know and love from the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tis the Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but you'll also find new episodes of Behind the Bells, the Christmas Podcast Podcast, Season's Eatings, Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Crozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, Planning for Christmas, all of your favorites there as well. 
and find all the hosts of said shows that you know and love on the website too. Always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. It's truly a mini international Christmas family that's formed within that Facebook group, and it is the thing that Julia, Tom, and myself are most proud of when it comes to everything that has sprouted up out of the show proper in these four years we've been doing it. But speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, now pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash tisthepodcast or www.tisthepodcast.com forward slash Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. After a slow start to the year, we had been dropping one just about every week through the end of July, took a little break around August, and then really kicked into high gear for spooky season in September and October. And November has been full of Christmas stuff. And this upcoming week, you should keep your eyes peeled for some Thanksgiving content, which we are really excited about. So if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to consider joining. If you were a patron who's dropped off, now is the time to consider rejoining. There's plenty of stuff up there. It's truly something for everyone, so check it out, because all the money we receive from y'all gets recycled back into Tis the Podcast proper, and helps us put out new swag and improve the quality of the show in general. And there are other free ways to help the podcast, besides subscribing to Patreon and engaging with us on, and sharing our social media pages. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us, and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Coming up on the show this upcoming Monday, November 22nd, you will get to hear our very hotly anticipated episode in which we cover the brand new 2021 Disney Plus original, Home Sweet Home Alone. And on Wednesday, November 24th, if you're a patron, you'll get to hear me, Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast, Kendall Foray, Manny Torres of Feliz Christmas, Mary Navidad, and special guest Natalie Bickle discussed the Thanksgiving set film Tower Heist. On Thanksgiving Day itself, November 25th, in your main Tis the Podcast feeds, you will find a blast from the past, the once-exclusive Patreon episode in which Tom, Julia, and I talk Freeform's original Thanksgiving film Turkey Drop. And on Friday, Black Friday, November 26th, you will get another installment of another Christmas story, Chapter 43, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, which will be read to you by Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House Podcast, which will be exciting. And then, of course, next Monday, we're back in your main feeds with another proper episode of the show in which Tom, Julia, and I discuss the Disney made-for-TV film Eloise at Christmas time. So keep your eyes on your podcast feeds because there's lots of great stuff coming up, lots of exciting stuff coming up, but that's not the most exciting news we have for you today. The most exciting news we have to reveal to you today is the fact that we only have 35 days until Christmas, just over a month. How exciting is that? How crazy is that? I hope you are enjoying your fully decorated homes, the Christmas lights in your neighborhood, I hope you are all nearly done with your Christmas shopping. I hope you're excited for this upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. There is so much to look forward to this time of the year. I hope you're taking time to breathe and take it all in and just revel in it all. Because before you know it, in the blink of an eye, Christmas 2021 will be over and we'll be counting down to Christmas 2022. 
So, once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best, and we are so lucky we get to consider you all legitimate friends and so many of you family. Make sure to do your homework, watch Home Sweet Home Alone, but don't blame us when you hate it, and watch Eloise at Christmas time, and we shall speak to you again next week. Bye, y'all. We hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for each and every one of you. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the half-happiest season of all With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings When friends come to call It's the happiest season of all There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting And caroling out in the snow There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories Of Christmases long, long ago It's the most wonderful time of the year There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near It's the most wonderful time of the year